0: Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast where Christ and culture connects. You guys are probably wondering why you see a new episode on Thursday, and I just put up an episode on Wednesday. But if you listen to yesterday's episode, which you should, the first episode of our Wife Talk series, I asked you guys if you would like me to go a week with putting up episodes every day. And if you wanted me to, to DM me a gorilla and a heart and you guys really did it. So here I am keeping my word. Today is the first day of the week. So I will be doing it from today until next week. I don't want to end it on a Thursday. So I'll do it until next week, Friday. So it will be a week and a day that I will post episodes every single day on the podcast 8 a.m. so make sure you tune in every morning and I'll try my hardest to keep them short but I can't make any promises. As for today, God gave me a word this morning so we have a lot to talk about so I'm just going to dive straight in. So fun fact about me, every morning for the past two or three months, I've been reading Psalms 91, the full chapter in the Bible every single morning. Um, My grandma had me read it one day while we were having one of our talks. And I felt in my spirit that it was the verse for me. And she confirmed that it is the verse for me in this current season of life. So I just read it every single morning. So this morning I woke up and I prayed. And after I prayed, I went to read the verse. And as I was reading the verse, something stood out that has never stood out before. And God prompted me to share it with you guys on this morning's episode. So what stood out to me and grab your journals, grab your Bibles, if you don't already have them, was Psalm 91 verse 11 through 13. And it says, God will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will carry you in their arms and you won't hurt your feet on the stones. You will overpower the strongest lions and the most deadly snakes. Now, when I read this, I read it every morning. So that's the thing about when you're coming with something or something becomes begins to feel like it's coming. You may forget or you may not always see the deep parts about it or the touching, fulfilling parts about it. But this morning, God allowed this part specifically to stand out to me. And what stood out to me was that one, God will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. So that let me know that as I'm entering this new season and this new level of purpose in this new level of anointing and this new level of expansion, I'm going to be going different places and entering different rooms and probably rooms that I don't even feel qualified for or I don't even know how my name got brought up. In that room. But as I enter those rooms, God will command His angels to protect me in whatever environment that I'm in. And I feel like God wanted me to share that with you guys because maybe you guys are heading into some new areas of life or you're experiencing some new things and you feel like you're in a new place or you feel like you just tapped into a new level of growth. And anytime you advance or you go to a new level in any aspect of life, whether it's mentally, a new relationship, A new friendship, a new school, a new job, anything new automatically comes with discomfort. It automatically feels strange because it's new. It's not something that you're used to. But when you go to these new places, when you go to these new heights, this is God's way of promising us that he will command his angels to not only protect us, like it says in verse 11, but verse 12 tells us that they will carry you in their arms and you won't hurt your feet on the stones. Now, this is the verse that really, really, really stuck out to me because when I read this, I thought about actually traveling somewhere. So if I'm actually traveling to a new level of purpose, a new level of destiny, you're telling me your angels are going to carry me. So this makes the journey easier for me because it's not me taking myself to this new place. They're carrying me to this new place, which means I'm a hundred percent certain of the destination because if you carry me, you put me down where you want me to be. So there's no question about whether I'm in the right room. If I'm sitting at this table in this big meeting, it's because your angels carried me here. If I walked into this university, it's because they carried me here. And if you stop me here, then you're going to me in this place and make sure that I prosper in the place that you just positioned me not only that for them to carry you in their arms and you won't hurt your feet on stones so when I read this I was like okay stones you can only hurt your feet on stones when you're walking somewhere but you just told me that I would be carried so what does that mean And the only way that I can fully understand what that means is by first understanding what is a stone. So what God showed me is that a stone is anything that may cause you to stumble or try to stop you from getting to the destination that God wants to carry you to. So if we're talking about a college or a university, there may be a financial aid stone or there may be a student housing stone, or there may be a grade stone. If you're in high school, a ACT or standard state testing stone that may prevent you from getting into the university that God wants you to get into. If we're talking about business and God carrying you into business, a stone would be a fun stone. You don't have the startup money, or it may be a participation stone. You don't feel like people will show up for you. It may be a resources stone. If we're talking about planning events, you could could have a venue stone, a decoration stone, a food stone. There could be many different stones. If we're talking about marriage, since our topic for this month is wife talk, in marriage, there could be a financial stone. There could be issues in the finances area. If we're talking about marriage, there could be an infidelity stone. There could be a lust stone. There could be a divorce stone, any type of stone that could be in the way of getting to the place that God has promised you, you will arrive to. That is what he means by you won't hurt your foot. On the stones. So when you understand what a stone is and you read the verse over again, it says God will command his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will carry you to that destination in their arms. And in doing that, they will make sure that any trials and tribulations that the enemy or anybody else has set up to try to prevent you from getting to that place, they will make sure that you pass those things because they're carrying you. You're not walking on your own. You're being carried. So when you see me in a place of purpose, when you see me postured in a place of authority, I need you to understand that I did not get myself here. I was carried here. I was carried in position to this place. So you can't tear me down in any traps that you've set cannot stop me. I'm going to get this degree. Financial aid can't stop me because I was carried here. This marriage will be successful. Infidelity can't stop me because the angels carried me over that stone. This business will thrive. Funds can't get in the way because the angels carried me over that stone. And I don't know. Who needed to hear this or who needed this word? But I knew that I could not start off this podcast without first sharing this word. It's completely off topic from the Wife Talk series that I'm focusing on. But God is so good that he allows it all to work together. Because in regards to marriage and the stones that come with marriage in the divorce stone, the infidelity stone, we encounter the most stones because we try to do things our way. When it comes to university, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to business, when it comes to marriage, the most stones that we stumble over or we hurt our feet on are stones that we didn't see coming. And the only reason why we didn't see it coming was because we weren't being prompted by God to walk in the direction that we were walking in. Because if we were listening to him, if we were being led by him, he would have protected us and warned us against this stone before we even encountered it. Switching to the topic of relationships and marriage to go along with our wife talk theme, one of the most common stones that people face in relationship and marriages is the he or she doesn't make me happy anymore stone. A lot of times, people choose to get into relationships or get into marriages because the person made them happy at a point in time and they felt like that's all they needed in order to commit and submit to this relationship, sometimes for a lifetime. I was happy, so I married this person. And people really feel like that's enough because social media will tell you that's all you need. If you're happy, Follow your heart. Do what your heart says. Follow the emotions. That's what social media tell you. If you can post great pictures, go along with that. If it looks good, go. Al- doesn't make you happy, then do it. That's what social media in this culture will tell you, will teach you. Do what makes you happy. The part that they don't tell you, the part that they seem to leave out is that Happiness is an emotion and emotions are fickle. So what that means is that as you grow, the things that used to make you happy will no longer make you happy. So if you choose a relationship just based off of happiness, the chances of that surviving are slim to none. If you choose a marriage Just based off you being happy, the chances of that surviving are slim to none, because when I was a young child, getting five dollars made me happy. Now, as an adult, you better not bring me five dollars because what do you want me to do with this? This this does nothing for me. I need about five thousand if we really want to talk about my happy tank being filled. So if we're taking notes, as I hope you are, and if we're talking about my standpoint in today's episode about whether or not your significant other is supposed to make you happy, my answer is no. They are not supposed to make you happy. Happy is an emotion that your significant other can trigger from time to time, and that is a very important emotion. It should be appreciated. You should show gratitude when they do that, but is it a top of the line, this is something that needs to be the top of my to-do list. No, because something that makes you happy today cannot make you happy tomorrow. That is too much of a fickle feeling for you to really build a foundation on. The problem with our generation is that we're looking for people to make us happy, but really what we're really looking for is people to make us whole, and that's the problem. You're looking for someone to make you whole instead of someone to make you holy. Now, what does it mean to be made holy? You are considered holy when you are fulfilling and living in God's plan and purpose For your life. So, when you're looking for a significant other, when you're considering a spouse, you need to ask yourself do you want someone that makes you happy, which is a fickle foundation, which changes every day? It's not solid. You really can't build on it because you don't know what's going to make you happy five years from now. Or do you want someone that makes you holy? Do you want somebody that you can build a foundation on that fulfills and lives according to the plan and the purpose of God? Someone making you happy is a person that usually strokes your ego. They usually feel parts of you that have voice or parts of you that are insecure, parts of you that are weak. They make those parts of you feel better. They stroke your ego. They tell you you're pretty on the days that you don't feel so pretty. And they help you build up your confidence. And they help you get rid of some of your insecurities. And the problem with looking for a significant other that does all those things that, quote, unquote, make you happy, is that when you look for people to fill those voids in you that you think create your happiness, if or when that person leaves, they snatch right back out the fillings that they put in. So now you're right back to the place you were before with these same holes that need to be filled. Because instead of filling it with something that's, eternal, instead of filling it with something that will never leave or forsake you, instead of filling those voids with God and his presence that will always be here, you look for another person to make you whole. And that's too much of a weight for another imperfect human being to fulfill. People don't even know how to make themselves whole. So how can I really make you whole? That's a big weight to carry, to fill the empty parts of you when there's empty parts of me. So, what God wants when we're before we even enter a relationship, when we're enjoying our se- single season, He wants us to. Figure out what are our holes, what are our insecurities, what parts of us are voided and we need a little more love and affection in those areas. And he wants us to take those parts and submit those parts to him so that he can fill those parts with his eternal love, his unconditional love, his everlasting love that never fails and never leaves you. So when he plugs those parts of you, that's something that's permanent. And he plugs those parts so that when you do begin to look for a relationship or enter relationships, you're not coming with all of these damaged parts and empty holes. You're coming as a whole person because the parts of you that were damaged and were empty, they're filled with God now. You are whole in Christ. So once you spend your single season becoming whole in Christ, how do you find a significant other that makes you holy, a significant other that you can build a faith-filled foundation with that lives according to God's plan and purpose. When you spend your single season becoming whole, God shows you your purpose. He reveals to you your purpose. He reveals to you who you are and who he created you to reach and what he created you to do. Once you figure that out, once you figure out who you are in this world, who you are in Christ, that's when you're whole as a person. So you can take that whole person and you can go out and look for relationships or allow God to bring you a relationship that matches with who you are as a person, a per- as a person and as your purpose. So your morals match my morals. And we're kind of trying to build the same foundation. You're out to glorify the kingdom of God, and I'm out to glorify the kingdom of God, and you have a passion for mental health, and I have a passion for mental health, and maybe your passion is a little stronger than mine, and I just tapped into it, so I'm seeing that you're able to teach me a little bit more about mental health, and God revealed to me that I'm supposed to be teaching about mental health, so this relationship with you can help me uplift the kingdom. This relationship with you is sharpening me as a whole person because I know who I am and you're adding to who I am so this will be a good relationship to build a faith-filled foundation on but if you don't know who you are as a person individually how can you really choose a partner to add to you how can you really choose a partner to help you fulfill your personal purpose in life Because that's a major key that people forget as well. Yes, marriage is a purpose in life. Marriage is a ministry. But you also have your two individual purposes. purposes, I'm sorry, in life. There's something that God wants you to accomplish. And there's something that God wants your husband or your wife to accomplish. And then there's some things that he wants you to accomplish together. He doesn't just want you to lose your identity and forget who you are when you get in a relationship or a marriage because he still has work for you to do. So when you're seeking this partner, you need to seek a partner who sharpens your purpose, who sharpens who you are so that when you get together, you can be a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. Now, in everything that I said, did you hear me say anything about happiness? No. Because when you think about becoming a whole person, when you think about filling those empty parts of you, those voids of you, when you think about facing the parts of you that are fearful and and facing the parts of you that you didn't even realize were empty, that is a painful process. When you think about somebody sharpening who you are as a person and sharpening your purpose, anything being sharpened comes with a little bit of pain. But if we continue to follow the social media culture and follow relationship goals that say relationships should only consist of happiness, how are we supposed to ever experience any real growth in life? It isn't called growing pains for no reason. It does take some pain to grow into who God wants you to be. That's individually and in a relationship. But if you're only looking for happiness, you miss out on the growth. If you're happy, happy is a feeling and happy happens in a moment. That's stagnant. Because remember, what made me happy then may not make me happy now. So if I'm still happy and excited about the same things, there could be a possibility that I haven't grown at all. So hear me loudly and understand me clearly. Yes, God does want you to be happy in a relationship. But understand that sometimes happiness does come with pain. You're happy when you grow. You're happy when you learn new things. You're happy when you tap into purpose. You're happy when you see that your mindset is changing, but that comes with stripping off the old parts of you and letting go some of your old bad habits. So It's about examining the way that your significant other makes you happy. Are you making me happy in a way that's going to disable me from growing? Are you making me happy in a way where that you love me as long as I'm this per this same person and you never give me room to grow are you is your happiness boxing me in or does your happiness leave room for me to grow does your happiness come with some stripping and come with some accountability to hey you could have did that a little different and if I were you I would have tried it this way it's a happiness that comes with progress. A perfect example, because I feel like an example would be the best way to really get you guys to understand what I'm trying to say is, in my marriage, one thing that my husband has taught me is patience. Now, now that I have patience, That is something that I'm happy about. And I'm happy God allowed him to teach me to have patience. But while I was going through the process of learning it, it was not a happy time. I would be wanting to argue and fuss and he would just stand there and look at me and not say anything back because he's not confrontational at all. He's not argumentative at all. He doesn't curse. He doesn't raise his voice. That's just not in his character. So when I wanted to be that person and to get hostile and he would just stand there and look at me, I was not happy because I want to argue. Why are you not arguing back with me? Why are you standing there looking at me like I'm dumb? Are you dumb? Like that was my energy. But that's what I needed in order to grow into the person that I needed to be for my purpose. But in that moment, he wasn't making me happy because if I could think back to that time period, I felt like you're not arguing with me because you don't care when that wasn't the case at all. But in my immature state and where I was at that time, that's how I viewed the situation. But that process and the pain that came with that process taught me and prepared me for my purpose because now I'm in ministry. I have to have a lot of patience with a lot of people and I have to be able to communicate without raising my voice and without getting hostile and without using curse words. And all of that was learned through that season of him just standing there and not responding to me and me feeling like you're not making me happy because you don't even care enough to respond. If I had it my way, I would have been happy with someone who argued back with me and let me know that they're passionate about me being passionate about whatever I wanted to argue about at the time. I didn't like the silent treatment. I'm not talking about it right now. I'm done with this conversation because that that was foreign to me. That was new to me. So it made me uncomfortable. It came with the discomfort that comes with growth. So I pray that that example really put it into perspective for you guys to understand that sometimes your happiness can be boxing you in and making you stagnant to the person that you are now when God wants you to grow into a much more mature person. And that growth comes with pain, not happiness all the time. Now, I wrote down some Bible verses that support my point of view. So if you have your Bible, the first Bible verse I wanted you guys to read in your spare time is Ephesians 4.2, and it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So when I chose these verses, I compared them with the word happiness to see if I could locate happiness in any of these verses that he used to describe love and marriage. And when I read Ephesians 4 and 2, and it said, be completely humble, I thought about how that doesn't align with happiness at all, according to my definition, at least. When I think about the word humble, I think about being selfless. And when I think about the word happiness or my happiness, I think about doing things that cater to me and make me happy, stroke my ego, buy me things, give me all of your attention, make me feel like I'm the only person in the world. When I think about happiness for myself, I think about it being very self-centered. So it's impossible to be self-centered and humble at the same time because when you're humble, you're submitting yourself to somebody else or you're putting your feelings under somebody else's that's what humble means to me I'm allowing you to be first I'm telling you you're more important important I'm humbling myself so when it comes to humble and happiness and it says be completely humble I can't help but to think that me being completely humble must come with at least a little bit of being unhappy at the same time because I'm neglecting my own feelings to put yours first. And it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And I can't help but to also think that God wouldn't tell us to be patient when loving others if we didn't need patience in the first place. It's like a warning. I need you to humble yourself. Don't always think you're most important. Don't always think you're always right. Not only do I need you to humble yourself, I need you to be gentle with this person that you're with. And I need you to be patient because they're going to get it wrong sometimes. Bear with one another in love. The next verse that stood out to me was 1 Peter 4 and 8, which says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And with comparing it to this topic of happiness and comparing it to relationships, I instantly thought, well, God, if we're talking about love and loving each other deeply, why did you need to mention that love covers a multitude of sins? He mentioned it as a warning to let us know that loving someone does involve some sins. So you will need to love deeply because love is the only thing that can cover the multitude that comes with loving it. It, It's a warning. It's right here in his word. He's letting us know above all, above the mess, above the flaws, above the disappointments, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins and I'm only warning warning you about those sins because they will be present because you are dealing with an imperfect human who you will need to be humble, gentle, and patient with and bear with love. It all connects together, guys. And the third verse that stood out to me was John 15, 12, which says, my command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. I chose this verse as the last verse that I mentioned because I feel like this verse pulls it all together and puts everything into perspective. Love each other as I have loved you. I feel like this verse is the blueprint to relationships, It's the blueprint to marriage. So in order for you guys to fully get it, I'm going to ask you some questions, some thought-provoking questions, and I just want you to think about them and answer them yourself. And I feel like with your answer, you will fully understand everything that I said in this episode. So how many times a day do you make God feel happy? Just how many times a day do you think you make him happy? If I can answer for myself, not enough there, I could be doing a lot more to make him happy than I already do. The next question, how many times a day do you compliment God and stroke his ego? How many times? How many times a week do you give God a gift? If it's a gift of time, a gift of tithes and offering. If it's the gift of your full attention, if it's the gift of your affection, how many times a week do you give that to God? Not enough. I feel like I can answer that for everybody because I know how good God is. So I feel like as a whole, we can all say that we don't compliment him and stroke his ego as much as we should because he is a worthy God and a good, good father. I, can, I feel like I could say we don't give him enough of our time and our gifts. But we have the audacity to think that it's a requirement for someone else to do those things for us when we can't even reciprocate the same energy. And I, ooh, you're not even given to God what you're trying to require from man, because after all, our relationship with Christ is our relationship with others. It's the blueprint. Well, at least it's supposed to be, but you can't even love him right, and He gave you life. God puts the breath in you every morning when you wake up, He gives you breath, and you can't even love him right, but you getting impatient and have these high requirements for somebody else to love you on this perfect. Level. I'm not saying having standards is wrong because, as you know, in the last episode, I do feel like you should have standards. But I also feel like it needs to be said because it's not enough people talking about the fact that your significant other isn't 100% responsible for your happiness, it's not their responsibility. That, that's not what love is. Love isn't just being who, who you want them to be. That's not what love is. That's a false definition of love. That's the world's definition of love. Love is imperfect. Love is flawed because God loves us and we are imperfect people. So if God can love us as imperfect, you have to understand that the love that God has for you, the significant other or the spouse that God has for you will not be 100% perfect and they will not make you happy 100% of the time. They will come with flaws. They will come with sins because we are natural born sinners and the idealistic picture perfect relationship goals that you see on social media do not exist. This is why the first verse that I read says, be humble and gentle because you get it wrong daily. So it should be easy for you to be humble and be gentle and be patient and bear with one another in love when you accept the fact that you're not perfect. And 98% of the time, you don't even know how to make yourself happy. So how can somebody else make you happy? Let's really talk about it. In conclusion, because I can rant and go on and on and on about this topic all day, but in conclusion, your happiness is not the responsibility of your significant other or your spouse. That's too heavy of a weight for any person to carry, especially if you're constantly growing and constantly changing. If they're so focused on figuring out what makes you happy every day, how are they supposed to grow? Do you want a significant other or do you want a robot that just follows you around and caters to your every need, but they don't have growth or purpose for themselves? the person that god has for you they will make you happy but they will also make you holy in god's sight because you will be growing and getting closer to him and bearing more fruits of the spirit they will teach you how to be more patient they will teach you how to be more kind they will teach you how to be more forgiving they will show you how to look on the positive side they will teach you how to run to the word when you're frustrated they will teach you how to pray they will teach you how to rely on god and stand on faith and all of these things are not easy to learn how to do. So, baby, please don't go out looking for happiness. Go out looking for holiness in your relationships. Because relationships and marriage were created for purpose, not personal gain. But we will dive into that, the perfect topic, the perfect topic. That's the kind of cute, uh, acute title, though, the perfect topic. But we would dive into the purpose topic on tomorrow's episode because I feel like today's episode is already long enough so I pray that this really resonated with you guys I pray that I explained it to you in a way that you can understand I tried my best to break it down for you guys and tomorrow we're going to be talking about purpose so send this episode and warn your friends about tomorrow's episode because we'll be talking about how relationships and marriage align with purpose and what that looks like, how to make sure they do align with your purpose and how to identify it before committing to a relationship or committing to a marriage and possibly regretting it, how to make sure the union that you're forming is a union of holiness and Christ-filled and faith-filled. Okay, so let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we just want to thank you for blessing us with another day. Father God, we come to you with repentant hearts, Father God, and we ask that you continue to make us new, Father God. We ask that you continue to decrease us and increase you and continue to pull us closer to your word so we have a full understanding of your definition of love, agape love, unconditional love. What does love look like, Father God? How do we walk in love? How do we be a reflection of love in every room that we enter, Father God? These are the things that we will like for you to pour into us, Father God. Give us that wisdom, that clarity, that knowledge, and that understanding that we need to go into this world and allow us to be a display of your perfect love, Father God. We thank you for me having this platform and being able to share the word that you've placed on my heart. And I also want to thank you for each and every listener, Father God. I pray that they take this word and they deposit it into their spirit and they let it take root and grow fruit father God and they spread it into everyone that they come into encounter with father God I pray that you cover them throughout this day and you just continue to carry us and mold us into the men and women of God that you created us to be in Jesus name we pray amen don't forget to follow me on instagram at thechristianbay.com also follow at the Christian Bay podcast I will be discussing some love relationship and marriage topics one there For the month of February to go along with our Wife Talk topic. Um, I put up a post and I asked some people to comment below some topics that they would like me to discuss. And they commented some really good topics. You can also go on there and comment and leave some feedback. Some things that I'm going to be touching on is the best way to begin a relationship, how to see eye to eye in a relationship, communication, finances, being equally yoked, and so much more. Today, I am going to be posting a video on how to not idolize a love interest and keep God first. That's actually a topic that someone left me, and I'm so excited to dive into it today when God gives me the word that he wants me to share about that topic. So head over to the Instagram and drop some questions or topics that you would like me to discuss either on there or on the podcast. And remember that I'm going to be doing episodes for a week straight starting today. So I need all of your feedback, all of your suggestions. And last but not least, if you are in the Broward, Miami area, I am having an event in March. I do have some early bird tickets up on my website, thechristianbay.com, or you can hit get tickets in my Instagram bio and get the early bird tickets. It is going to be an amazing event. It is titled The Private Polish Party, and it is a charging place for powerhouses. I will be talking about it more on my Instagram, but I did want to let you guys know the inside scoop before I begin to really promote it heavy. So head over to the website and check out all the details. I love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you again tomorrow at 8 a.m. Bye.